Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Combos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today, we have Josette Norris back on the podcast. She was on the podcast, like, I think it was summer of 2021, so it's been quite a while, to be honest. She is a 1,500 5K runner, recently just signed with On Athletics and On Athletics Club in Boulder, Colorado. So she recently made the move out there. We talk all about that, her decision to move to Boulder and OAC, training differences, goals for the year, and so much more. So stay tuned. I've talked about them in the last two episodes, but so excited for the sponsor of the podcast, Track Club Atelier. It's presented by the Pittsburgh Track Club, and it's a new clothing brand that has modern and fun designs on loungewear staples. If you've watched any of my YouTube videos or TikToks or Instagram stories lately, I've been rocking the heptathlon sweatshirt because they're not just for runners. They have cute illustration designs for throwers, jumps, multi-events, and more. And they update the shop with new items frequently, so fans of the sport can express themselves with items like shirts that say, running time trials won't keep families together, and totes that say, you can go to hell, I'm not going to Eugene again. Which is how I feel when anyone asks me to pull up to Eugene, to be honest. Um, <laughs> you can find the shop on www.pittsburghtrackclub.com and use code EMMA15 in all caps to get 15% off your order. The link is in the description down below. pittsburghtrackclub.com, code EMMA15. Now let's get straight into today's episode. Right, Josette back on the podcast. It's been a while. I for some reason I thought we like talked last year, but it was 2021. So it's been like wow. a year and a half. Yeah. Time has flown by. Where's the time gone? I know. Oh my god. Well, okay, a lot has happened to you. You got married. Um yes. <laughs> and you joined on and OAC and you moved to Boulder. So and I'm sure other things probably happened too during that time. It was definitely a crazy December. Yes, uh, Robbie and I got married. Then we went on our honeymoon and then we moved to Colorado a week later. So in three weeks, we had three huge life events happening. Um, and it was so much fun, a little bit crazy. Um, but now I've been at um, Altitude and with the On Athletics Club here for almost a month. So I feel like I'm really like settled in now because when we got here, we actually stayed with Tori and Jackson, our close friends for two weeks because our, we shipped everything out in our pods and everything got so delayed with the storms, the holidays. So we thought we were only going to be staying there for one week. And then we're like, um, we have to actually stay a little longer. It might actually be longer than two weeks, but, um, luckily we, we had a lot of fun together. I think they had fun with us. Yeah, I mean, now we're finally in our apartment and um, have finally put everything together. It's got to now decorate a little bit, make it homey, but um, it's nice to feel settled. Yeah, oh my goodness. Moving is never, it's like so stressful. And then adding, I forgot like storms and stuff with Mm -hmm. all of that. Oh my gosh. And like trying to also integrate into like a brand new team and stuff too during that time. I can't even imagine like the 
chaos. But I guess, like, I mean, January is not the worst time to do it because, I mean, it's like the beginning of indoor season and stuff. So everything's a little bit calmer. And when we got here, not everyone was here because they were away on their winter break. So everyone kept trickling in at different times. So it was actually pretty nice for me because I got some one-on-one -on -one time with Dathan and then a couple people came and I got some time with them and then more people came. And then by the time the whole team came, I felt like I was ready to go and set up. So everything felt really smooth. And I think it would have felt a lot different if I was coming out of college joining a pro group, but this experience of changing groups and moving feels a lot calmer being older and more experienced in the running world. Um, the biggest thing was that there was no prep for the move because we were so focused on the wedding and the honeymoon that there was no time to pack or get organized for that because we were scrambling for the wedding and our trips, um, which was in New Jersey, the wedding. So then we had to come back down to Charlottesville and then move out to Colorado. So it was a, it was a whirlwind of a month. Oh my goodness. Well, when did you, okay. So when did you know that you were moving to Boulder then? So I knew by the end of November. So I took some visits out in October at the end of October and then negotiations started. And then I made my decision and signed the contract closer to like end of November, December time for January 1st start time. But then, um, so I knew I was coming out and then it was a matter of, okay, when do we want to fly out? And, um, we were just looking, we actually ended up flying out and shipping all our stuff here. So we ended up deciding to fly out on Christmas Eve. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're like, yeah, we, um, we saw the flights and we're like, oh yeah, we'll just spend Christmas with Tori and Jackson. It'll be, it'll be fun. We'll get out there. We'll be settled for a month before indoor races started. So I'll get the altitude bump. Um, and the, the flight was a really good flight and it was a direct from Richmond to Denver. Like, yeah, let's just do it <laughs> and not like delay anything else. So, um, but looking back, it was probably very aggressive of us to make that move so quickly the week after the honeymoon. Cause we definitely like enjoyed ourselves. We went to Costa Rica for a week. Um, and there was like, we weren't thinking about anything. We were just like enjoying ourselves on the honeymoon. And, and then right when we got back, we we're like, oh my God, we're moving in one week. Um, but <laughs> Did you have a so, lot of stuff in uh, Charlottesville? We kind of did. It was like a pretty furnished place. Like I feel like compared to when you're in college and maybe you have a bed in like your one room, but we had everything with us and we kind of wanted to bring it all. So we ended up packing everything up into the pods and shipping it out. Like we have our beds, our couches, our dressers, our living room table, like just everything came. So the that TV, had to be so, so expensive to ship oh yeah yeah oh my gosh yeah that um also I never realized how expensive moving was let alone like moving halfway across the country um the pods were extremely expensive I think we also got a little screwed with the fact that it was the holiday so everything was just like more expensive than it needed to be like even the rental car when we got here because I just rented a car for a week and then we went rented it for a week later because we had shipped out our cars but they were also delayed too but yes, yeah, so it was a little bit, it was a, a pricey move, let's say. <laughs> that sounds, oh, I can't even imagine. So I guess like when you're, when you're looking, I don't even know if you can discuss this. I don't really know about like what sort of NDAs there are for contracts. Do you get like moving expenses if you're moving to a, like a new place? That's what, ironically, like my teammates, when I told them, my new teammates, when I was explaining, I'm like, oh yeah, it was pretty expensive to move out here. Um, they were like, can, can OAC cover that? Um, I haven't talked to Dathan about it. I don't 
no being um, with our contracts, like if they would cover moving expenses necessarily, but um, I'm not sure. We just, we went with convenience. Like we flew here, we shipped our stuff. We didn't want to sit. I didn't want to sit in the car and then there was good flights and we actually have um, two cats. So they came on the flights with us too. So it was just easier if we each had a cat for the carry-ons yeah. um, and just bringing them and coming here. And luckily we got to stay with our friends for a little bit in the meantime, but yeah, I'm not sure, but we went with convenience over <laughs> saving money. I mean, that makes sense. And you're, so you're probably an independent contractor then? Is that how, mm -hmm. yeah, so. That's how it works. Yeah, yeah. that makes so sense. It's like every can... professional owner other than like, <laughs> I don't even know who's like fully signed to like a, a W-2 or whatever it is, the <laughs> tax forms. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if any, all the runners I know are the self-employed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, <laughs> so then when you moved to Boulder, did you already have an apartment or did you have to go then apartment hunting? We did have the apartment. So okay. we, um, that started, it actually, we were able to come in here right when we got there, December 24th, it started like December 20th. So we, we actually flew with, um, we checked seven bags. Oh my luckily, goodness. Luckily those were covered because we have status now. So those were, those were covered, but it felt like we had a lot of stuff. So I brought all my on clothes that had been shipped to me already. So I had suitcases full of my on stuff. And then we brought like a suitcase full of cat stuff. Then we, <laughs> we had like one just full of like rollers and shoes, but, and then we had Christmas outfits and new year's outfits. So I was like, Oh, I don't know what we're doing when we get to Colorado. What if we get invited places? Um, so <laughs> we, I felt like we had everything we needed for the few weeks that we were going to be here. And then we slowly were like trickling things into the house and, I was buying like cleaning supplies and like we kept coming over to the apartment to check in on it and like get things moved in before all our furniture actually came in. But we had, um, we had Jackson, our friend help look at the apartments and send videos. So that was really, it's really nice that we have really close friends here as well. Like making this move. I have two of my best friends that live in Colorado and it's just, um, it made the move feel a lot easier coming here. Not as scary. And, and, there's so many runners here that you feel like you know everybody. That's that's also been hilarious. Just like we were so isolated in Charlottesville where you don't run into anybody ever. And in the first week here, we ran into like 10 people that we haven't seen in like over 10 years. Robbie was seeing his college teammates and they're like, what are you doing here? And we're like, we moved here. <laughs> they're like, what for? I'm like, you'll find out. Yeah, you'll find out soon. Just uh, follow me on Instagram. <laughs> Stay tuned. So um, did you like, did you always know that you wanted to live in Colorado or was it just like, given the circumstances, you're just like, all right, Boulder's good. I think um, it was the group that drew me here and being with the On Athletics Club. And I think it's a real perk that they do live in Boulder, Colorado, because I have always loved like being able to go to altitude. I've only done two camps ever, actually. Uh, actually, I'd been to Boulder in college in the summer for like three weeks with my college teammates, but for real altitude camps, the last two winters I had spent in Flagstaff up at 7,000 feet for like an extended amount of time, like five and a half weeks. Um, and I got a great bump there and had wanted to like keep doing camps, but um, it's really nice being in Boulder where you're at 5,000 feet and it feels a lot more manageable to live here full time for training um, and be able to get the training in you need and recover well. Um, that's been the biggest thing that I've been able to recover pretty well 
just in this last month compared to say when I'm up at 7,000 feet in Flagstaff. But um, yeah, like I was really, on my visits, I was really drawn to ON and the ON Athletic Club and everything that they're doing here and the, having girl teammates to train with at such a high level and Dathan and me had a great connection and it just felt, it just felt right. And training in Boulder is great because there's so many amazing dirt roads to run on. Of course, it's been pretty snowy here. We've been on the treadmill a lot, but um, the snow melts quick because the sun's so strong here, but um, haven't been able to get on all the trails, but I'm excited for the snow to melt. It snowed a little bit this morning again, but it, it wasn't <laughs> too bad. But luckily, we've also had access to the um, CU indoor track on Sundays. So that's been huge, just to be able to like get in a track workout on Sunday and then maybe do a treadmill workout um, for the other workout day. Yeah. Are you, were you, are you able to say who else you were talking to or is that like disclosed information? I was looking around everywhere, like Brooks, Under Armour, um, talking to Nike Adidas, just kind of exploring all options. But um, for groups, um, I was really looking for a group because I was in a situation where it be kind of came where I was training alone in Charlottesville. Like I had, I had Paige and Amy as my teammates, but Amy was in Europe and Paige was training for the marathon. So it did feel like I was training alone a lot on the track. Um, so I definitely was craving that group environment and um, my gut just kept drawing me to the OAC group, um, especially it just felt like that was going to be the group where I could really like fit in right now and have training partners and be challenged both like over distance and under distance. Um, it feels like I've been able to like be that perfect little middle, middle ground of the 15 to 5k to then jump in with Alicia with the 5k 10k workouts and then jump in with sage and cinta for the 815 workouts it's been working out really well so far i can't imagine like training alone like that like doing all of your workouts alone all the time it got it got hard at the end luckily of course i had robbie which was so helpful so it wasn't like i was showing up to the track with just me and coach fox like it was me coach fox robbie and then graham crawford was there it was like our little net group for all of the end of the spring season summer season but um, yeah, definitely it got more lonely, I guess, on like the recovery days too, the easy days. Like when you're just running alone every day out on the dirt roads and me and Robbie, like we're, we live together. We spend so much time together that like runs go by so much faster when you have like girls to talk to and yeah, different, and you need different and like tea, different, different things little to talk energy. about. So, and um, also like, definitely like working that. out with girls is just different than working out with guys too. Like it's just, mm -hmm. I don't know, having girl teammates is so nice. Yeah. And it was great in the fall when like me, Amy, Abby and Paige could link up. And that was great getting like the tempos, the long runs. But then when it got to track season, we all kind of just dispersed. And that's when you really saw like the gap. But the fall was amazing because we all had each other and we were all doing the same base training. So it, it really just became super individualized once we started to get into our individual events and um, people were traveling so much like crazy. <laughs> So what was like the main reason for you leaving? Was your contract ending and you're like, all right, time to switch it up or what, what made the decision to make the move? So my contract was ending and um, I had the option to stay in Charlottesville again with Reebok. Um, but it just felt like if I was going to make a move now would be the time, especially like having two years from the Olympics. Like it just felt like I didn't want to be in the same position that I was in right now again in a couple of years. I was like, if I'm going to make the change, I think it needs to happen now. And I think this makes the most sense. So um, I wanted to explore my options and see what else was out there. And it was hard to make the change because 
Coach Fox helped me tremendously. He transformed me from a college runner into a professional and like running at a way higher level and um, it worked and the training was working. So that's always hard when it's working and you know it's working and it can still be successful and then you decide to go and make a change to pursue a different option. So, um, but yeah, I think it was just, it was just a matter of time. I felt like I was, I've matured so much and I feel like I'm a lot different runner than I was just three years ago into this career and um, I want to keep growing and getting better and learning and um, be with that team environment and what on is doing is really incredible and they're investing in running and making the highest products and the spikes and the shoes and having the athletes be involved in that and I can I can see the vision for the future and I wanted to go somewhere where there's like a five ten year plan not just uh, in the moment plan so um, I'm excited to be part of something for an extended amount of time. Yeah. I mean, change is definitely scary, but it's like you said, you're just a different runner than when you started. And obviously there's nothing like wrong necessarily with what you were doing. It just, I feel like you need to adapt to something else to better yourself. Like it just, you need to just consistently change and then level up. I don't know. I feel like level up. I like that. Yeah. Level up. And I really like, I do like on, I mean, I've talked like a little bit with uh, their team and I've, I've worn a lot of their products and stuff. And I know, yeah, some of the people on their team and they're all really cool. And like you said, they just really invest in running and it is really cool to see how OAC has grown from the start until now. Like they're definitely investing in, in their runners. And I feel like everyone's really good too, which is, I don't know. It's crazy. Cause I feel like there's a lot of times where people on teams, there's just like a wide gap between performances but I feel like on is one that's just consistently good and I don't really pretty incredible to be like surrounding and seeing it from the inside now and just how oh like now I get it like you get I can see behind the scenes of like this is how they got to this point and just to see the team environment the dedication of Dathan just how everything has a purpose and everything is planned out and um it just, it feels like I have all the tools that I need to be successful with this group. And that makes me really excited. Like there's nothing that I'm missing anymore. Um, and that's really cool. And the energy of practice is great. And like, I, I spend most of my time with the girls, but even the guys are a great group of guys. And just, um, you look around and like, see what everyone's accomplished and it's, and you show up to workouts and it's just like, even the workouts are elevated now. It's like, okay, yep. That's the standard. You're going to run this at practice with Alicia and you're gonna do this with stage like just everything it's like okay yep here I am I'm gonna do it so um it just becomes normal (laughs) what's been the biggest like transition for you I guess it's still pretty early days but what have you noticed the biggest thing um we've increased my mileage a little bit um I was running like 60 to 65 miles with um coach box with a day off so with a day off hitting 60 to 65 now I'm running like mostly every day around 70 to 75. So we've increased my mileage um, a good bit. And also the altitude is the biggest adjustment, I would say. Ooh, but yeah. that's more so, yeah. So that's been like, we've just been careful with um, mostly the recovery days. Like I'm just like, we're hitting the workouts hard, but I'm making sure that I'm getting the recovery I need in. And a, a little bit of a difference is that I didn't lift with um, Coach Fox and Reebok the last three years. So I'm lifting now. And um, you didn't lift at all? I didn't lift at all. Oh and my gosh. Lift. That's like shocking. Yeah. It's, um, 
I think that surprises a lot of people. No one on the Reebok team lifted, actually. Um, we did core twice a week, but, um, and I did my PT. Core, we did, we did some flutter kicks twice a week. <laughs> yes. That's like shocking, but, though. Would, do people like struggle with injuries? Not really. And you know what? I do think um, running on the dirt roads in Charlottesville on the hilly dirt roads, like get you pretty strong and pretty versatile as a runner. We did a lot of our long runs and tempos out on those dirt roads. So I felt like we were getting a lot of hills in and maybe that was helping with our power. And um, just we had really good um, PTs and treatment and just like we made sure we were taking care of our bodies. But and Fox was also big on like rest, like having an off day, making sure you're recovered, less is more approach. So um, we didn't have um, big issues with injuries, actually. But I do think long-term lifting is going to be significantly important, especially if I'm doing the 1500. I noticed that a lot more compared to the 5k, um, just having that power and explosiveness at the end of um, the races. So that's going to, we've been slowly transitioning. Um, and I've met with the lifting coach um, and we're going to start to like elevate my plan a little bit. I'm definitely on the baby schedule compared to everybody else, but a lot of the um, lifting is also a PT approach, which is really cool because it's not, no one's like in the gym heavy lifting. Um, it's all just running movements and um, getting your glutes stronger, your hamstrings stronger and addressing my weaknesses and it's all individualized. So um, I'm excited to see, see the gains I'm in. I feel like that's going to make a huge difference though, because lifting for 1500 runners, I feel like is really important because of the like strength and speed element that you need for that event. That mm -hmm. I feel like that, I mean, that's probably just cool to know that you have that in your back pocket now, where it's, it's something that you hadn't worked on at all. And then now you're going to like unlock that side, whether it's like injury prevention or just like, yeah, speed at the end of the race. I feel like it's going to level you up even more, which is nice. Definitely. Like, I think it will help like my body not break down as much as the end of race. And the way I think I got around not lifting was really working on my strides and like doing strides the day before workouts really intentionally um, with gear changing and putting on the spikes and doing drills and working on those movements. And that was where I was getting like the explosive power doing like my drills and strides. But now I'll be doing that in the weight room. And um, I'm definitely excited to see how that plays a role, how the altitude plays a role. Um, Dathan's training it's it's a lot of new things so it's I'm, a, I'm trying to absorb everything right now um, but I'm excited and I just got my blood work back this morning actually and nice. I got a nice because I did I got it at like three and a half weeks from being here and I have a nice I have a nice bump already so that's a good sign so the body's healthy um, we're not we're not depleting myself so um, we're, be, we're being smart and um, I'm excited we're just we're taking it we're looking at outdoors as the big season this year so indoors we're doing a couple races but the big focus is we're just trying to get me stronger right now um to get ready for outdoors and making that world team yeah how does your body feel because that is like a lot of change you're increasing your mileage altitude and you're starting to lift with no off day either I feel like I would be destroyed but that's just me I'm way I'm in way worse shape than you so so I think the first two weeks you're like riding high you know energy like new people like I'm vibing it's all good and then um, definitely in the third week, I started to feel a little bit tired, but I've actually, it's been pretty great. I've been sleeping really well, which I think is important. And we've been, like I said, taking the easy day easy. I did get a cross train day. We do incorporate that a little bit into the What kind of cross training? It was 40 minutes on, I did 20 minutes on the bike and 20 on the elliptical. 
nice. I'm not the biggest cross trainer, but um, we will. Like I'll get another cross train day. I like um, how you had to split it up. Sunday. 40 minutes, like was it wasn't too much. Like, well, me and Cinta both had cross training days, and I guess no one wants to be on one the whole time because they like being on one more than the other. So then everyone just like divides. Everything's equal on this team. So we got 20 minutes on one, 20 minutes on the other. It keeps it entertaining, I guess. <laughs> yeah, just you get a little get a little water break and then you hop back on. But um yeah, so far everything's been really good. Um Dathan's been really happy with how the workouts have gone, especially. And so have I, um, it's a little bit different style too, of, um, workouts, like more say like we're doing threshold on the track. So it's like more controlled on the track when in Charlottesville, maybe I was doing threshold mostly on the roads and they were hilly dirt roads. So now being able to run repeats at like a set pace on the track, it's, it, it feels better on the body than trying to do it out on Hills on a dirt road. So um my body's responding well we're just making sure we're being smart <laughs> yeah doing threshold on the track it just always feels way better I feel like than any sort of un it's not an unstable surface but like grass or road I'm like no I'm just not a big because threshold you're person, spiking so. you just have so many spikes then in the heart rate and like how your body's working it's a it's a way different experience than doing it on the track so I've been loving doing it on the track because it feels a lot easier yeah. right now so <laughs> yeah I saw that you just joined Strava and so I like I like following your workouts I'm always just so intrigued to see what people are doing even though it's it's literally like the same thing I feel like as everyone else like everyone just does threshold and they do work on the track but it is interesting to see how different pro runners train just to like I don't know just see the little differences I guess and I saw I you, did like, you did like 200s and 400s the other day and then 1ks or whatever I'm like ooh, that sounds hard but one of the workouts I did with Alicia, we were rotating between 1K, 2K. So the 1Ks were at um, goal 5K pace, and then the 2K was at threshold. So we were rotating like 1K, 2K, 1K, 2K, 1K, 2K. And it was just a lot of the difference is that the workouts, the volume is higher as yeah, well that, on the, the track. So I'm yeah. running on the track for longer too than I'm used to. But, um, but incorporating that threshold into the track makes it feel better. But then the other, yes, like last night I did some fours and twos. And then I jumped in with some threshold two Ks with Alicia. So oh, yeah, they were um, we're guys. getting, they were yep, we're getting a good, good mix of getting a little bit of speed, but also making sure we're staying strong with the threshold. Yeah, I'm. But Strava's I'm... been fun. The whole OAC team. A lot of people are on Strava, so then I was like, well, I want to be on Strava too if everyone else is on Strava. So then I made it. Um, but it's fun. I just been posting everything. It, it feels weird that everyone can like now see exactly what we're doing like you see everything but um it's been fun to like add pictures and like talk to people on it yeah <laughs> so we'll see how we'll see how it goes I wanted to try it yeah it's kind of um shocking that a lot of pro runners like unleash their workouts or like they just um let people see it but I guess it kind of makes sense like no one's gonna go mimic someone's training it like word for I don't know workout for workout Maybe you gotta do what's will, best but no, for your body. Yeah, I feel like no pro runners are gonna, I don't know, copy each other's. Everyone's just gonna listen right. to the coach, I guess. So I'll, they'll see it and they'll think about it, but they're not gonna actually do anything differently, I don't think, because they're just gonna, yeah, listen to their coach and do what they need to do. Because um, you see it on, you see everyone's workouts on Instagram and everyone posts on it too. And you're just like, oh, wow, that's a good one. And then you go and do your workout. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's been, it's been fun. And it's nice that then you can just like make more connections to other people onto Strava and like open up a different 
people like see different, like you can like go and see people that are doing triathlon or running. Like you just like, it's a wide, a, a wide um, view of seeing everything, which is cool. I know. I follow so many like random people, not random people, but just like people from all walks of life. Like people that don't like barely run at all. Then I follow pro triathletes and then I follow YouTubers and then pro runners. I'm just like, it's just so crazy to see what that's a fun timeline. Yeah, exactly. I'm not like the mm-hmm. biggest driver, like, you know, I'm not like refreshing mm-hmm. my feed to see what everyone's doing. Um, I think cause I have so many other social medias, but it is like fun just to, I like, you know, being dramatic on there, like posting my little paragraph about how dramatic my tempo was yesterday, you know? So my high school friends were excited cause they post on it a lot. And now I, I still like, I'll text them like when I have a big workout and let them know what's going on. Like my, my runner friends. And, um, but now I just like, Oh, I'm just gonna make Strava. Now you can see everything. So now, um, it's been fun to like, get to see each other's runs and comment on it. So yeah, now you don't even have to text them. Now. <laughs> yeah. Now you don't have to text. <laughs> Everything will just be on social media. More time. Yeah. Pardon the little intermission here, but we're talking about one of my favorite sponsors of the podcast. Gooder. If you're a runner, if you're an active person, I'm sure you already know what gooders are, but they make $25 active sunglasses that don't slip, don't bounce and are hundred percent polarized. $25 sunglasses that are polarized, yeah, sign me up. Also, they're just really cute, and like I said, they're just really comfortable when you go running, and I never feel them on my face, so that's the most ideal thing. When you're looking for a pair of sunglasses, I don't want them to bounce around. They're really lightweight, too, and they're really durable, honestly. Like, I'm not the best at keeping my, you know, sunglasses usually intact. I kind of just throw them into my bag, but I've actually never broken a pair of gooders because they're just very, very durable. I wear them to cycle. I wear them just out on my walks. I obviously wear them running. They can be used for basically anything. And they're really stylish. They have so many different styles and so many different models to choose from. And they all have really cool names. I love, 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 love the Rap G's. They're a cycling model. They're 45 bucks. And they're like the big chunky sunglasses that are super trendy right now. I highly recommend them. The Rap G's, they're the best. They have 30 day free returns. And Gooder is actually a 100% carbon neutral company which is incredible. I feel like every time I go for my run and I'm running on the boardwalk here in San Diego, I see multiple people wearing pairs of gooders because they're just really popular for a good reason. I recommend them to all my friends and I gift them to all my friends too because they're just such a good running gift for birthdays or just to sell someone that you appreciate them. And if you want to support the show and pick up a pair for you, your friend, Gooder is giving Convos Over Cold Brew listeners free shipping on your first order. I threw a link in the show notes and you'll see me sporting them like on social media and YouTube right now too. So you can go to gooder.com slash cold brew to get free shipping. Like I said, Gooder offers a three day money back guarantee and hundred percent satisfaction. Find your pair at gooder.com slash cold brew to get free shipping. Now let's get back into today's episode with Josette. Do you have any problems with like comparison? Because well, now you're on a, a team where everyone's like really good. So have you had any issues with like that I guess over the course of your entire career or now not for me personally I feel like I've done a pretty good job of just kind of like following my own path like especially coming from being very injured in college and knowing like okay well this is what my body needs and this is what I'm doing and I try to just look at like how I've grown every year and like how my training's progressed and not look at what the other professional runners are doing because you can see what someone's doing but it could make absolutely no sense for me to even attempt to do what they're doing because my body is just different than theirs and that's how they get to that level and I have my way to get to my level so um luckily I've not fallen 
into that comparison game because I know it can be like a really hard trap um, to fall into. But now, um, yeah, I think I've done a pretty good job at just like sticking, like being just set on my own path. <laughs> yeah. I, okay, so I, I was talking about this. I filmed a YouTube video the other, the other day and I was just thinking about like my strengths and weaknesses as a runner. And I'm intrigued to hear like what what you think yours are. Like what, I guess we can start with the, the strengths of you as like a professional runner. What do you think they are? Well, physically, I would say I'm, I'm very aerobic. <laughs> Nathan also, he, I'll, I'll say, cause he said, he's like, you're a lot more aerobic than I thought. You're going to be doing a lot more with Alicia. <laughs> that's the, after two workouts here. And I was like, oh, that's a good compliment. Ooh, um, it sounds like you're about to go do the 10K eventually. I, I might be, I, I might be pacing that sound running 10K actually. Ooh, um, look, how much are you going to be pacing six miles of it or what? They're looking for going through 5K in 15 minutes so they're looking for a pacer to be able to do that so i might be going through 6k through the 5k in 15 minutes oh my Um, gosh it's going to be a fast 10k for these ladies so that might be that might be on the schedule i'm going to be pacing a 10k but i will not be running a 10k but i would say i'm um, pretty aerobic and then can also go down and turn over and do that speed like i think i get to the 1500 from a strength standpoint and then i'm able to also turn over but i think i'm also just um I'm very like in races, I feel like I'm tactically a good racer, like how I can move up and like, like know when to make the right moves. And I'm learning the 1500, the 1500 has definitely been different than a 5k. Like you just have so much more time in a 5k, but I feel like I, I make the right moves tactically and have a good like vision of the race. And those are two, two big strengths. I think I Wait, why are you laughing? Well, it, it's kind of awkward, like gassing yourself up to literally in my YouTube video. I was like, I think I'm naturally talented. <laughs> I have to be honest. Like, I That's feel incredible. like, you know, people have natural talent. Some people have more than others. I don't think I have the most, but I don't know. I think definitely to be able to run professionally, there has to be athletic capability. <laughs> there has to be some sort of natural talent in there. Okay. Any other like mental ones, like ment- mental toughness, uh, are you like an emotionally stable person? I would say I'm pretty emotionally stable. I feel like I run a lot of races with a lot of heart, but in training and everyday training, I'm pretty like level-headed. And actually a, a big thing that I've learned also is just, I used to like crave the like high of having a good workout in college because when I was injured, it's like I was holding on to that so badly. And now being healthy and um, running at a higher level where the workouts are just so elevated. It's just like another day of practice. Like we can run this incredible workout and then it's like, okay, like let's move on to the next. Like now they don't, they don't get like, I don't get a high feeling off of it. Now it's just like the races that are the ones that get you going, but I don't crave it in practice anymore. Like um, I used to like need my training to get me that confidence into the races. And that's definitely change and I think that's just going to become with like more maturity and also just being able to train more um so I would say I'm pretty like emotionally level-headed but then when I'm running races I run with like a lot of heart and a lot of pride in the races and like show like show more emotion in the races but that's also like a strength in the race if that makes sense yeah it's almost like you you can't really have emotional attachment to your training at all like you can't be emotionally attached to having a really good workout or having a really bad workout you kind of just have to let it go it's almost the same piece or the same kind of uh mindset this is different but this is like around work where especially creative work 
if you make like a really good piece of like creative work like you can't or like a youtube video this is for me personally like if i make mm-hmm. if i feel like i made a really good youtube video and it does really well whatever it's like i can't you know i don't know just be dwelling on that or still be thinking about you that. gotta you go and make on. another one yeah you have to go make mm-hmm. another one it's the same with working out and yeah whether you have a good one or a bad one you kind of just have to let it go like it can obviously give you confidence but I don't know. You can't get emotionally attached to a workout. Or yeah, there's workout. a fine line because you don't want to like dismiss it because that's what's going to, you want to look back on it because it's going to help you grow. And it's like, oh, well, what did I do right in that YouTube video that got me so many views? Like I need to do something like that. But then it's also like, oh, you can't get so attached because you have to do something a little different next time because the same thing's not going to work every single time. So I think another then strength is just also like looking at the big picture. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like, I can see the big picture. And that just comes with like, okay, if I can put in the consistent work and see the improvements each month, like that's going to get me to where I need to be successful. And I'm also just like a, a super, I've always been a competitive person. Like, I think my friends think I get a little too competitive when we're playing like Mario Kart or cards. Yeah, that's like a um, common theme with every program yeah, that I, think I talk I get to. A it's little, a good trait though. I think it's just like, it's naturally, you're, I'm like very competitive. And of course that that's probably why we're drawn to competitive racing. Um, so I would say that's also a, a strength. Yeah. Has there ever been like a race where you've been just like emotionally distraught after? Because obviously like then you do have the emotional attachment to the races because that's where you're expected to perform super well. And if it doesn't, like there's a lot, a lot more on the line than a workout. I think, I guess the Olympic trials, I was um, definitely just like, my mind was just like, like gazed over but then I came back and crushed the workouts the next week and had a great like next month like I just kind of like moved on you have to have um in this sport like you kind of have to like be able to move on quickly sometimes so then I think I've like trained my body to do that as well it's like okay well that didn't happen now I gotta go make the next thing happen so yes it's a crazy sport it's like really like what what have you done right now in this moment? And it's like, okay, it's like, everyone's going to keep getting better and faster and faster. And it's like, you need to, too. Yeah. I mean, I think, especially for running so many years, I feel like you just learn that over time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've ever really cried after a race ever because it's like that mindset where there's always going to be another race. And even if like mm-hmm. the one that you wanted to do really well at, maybe it's the Olympic trials, maybe it's something less intense than the olympic trials like there's always going to be another one if you want there mm-hmm. to be. so um okay well what what are some of your weaknesses like what are some things that you can, you can work on i mean obviously strength training is probably one the weight room is my biggest weakness right now. yeah we've definitely um learned that that's probably that's probably my biggest weakness honestly right now is the, the weight room training um i gotta get gotta get stronger but luckily that like you said it's like okay that's that's something that's going to then definitely help because the better you can be in the weight room and just like the stronger your body is. Um, I would say that's my biggest weakness. Do you have any mental ones that you can think of? Mental ones. Or you're just the mentally strong goat. I think, um, you know, what's different. It's like, so being even, let's just say like, so at Reebok, we had a lot of, um, we can make a lot of decisions with our training. Like we planned out our mileage. We were able to like pick the races, like, you had a lot of authority in your training. And I think that also has made like the people that have been on the Reebok team, like really like versatile runners, because we have this, like, we know what our body like knows and needs, but then sometimes you could be like, oh, well, 
I, oh, I think my body needs this. But now with um, Coach Dathan, he's very hands-on and he's like writing everything out and it's all like set and in a plan. And I don't have to like think anymore. And I think that's going to be really nice to not have to think as much and like make decisions. He was like, I don't want you to have to make these decisions anymore. Like I'm going to make them for you. So um, it's funny to go from one to the other. And I think sometimes when you can like have to make all these decisions, like it just can be a little bit stressful on the mind and body and draining. So I think that could be like a weakness when you have to like, if you start to overthink things. Um, and now I feel like I haven't had to overthink anything like training wise. So I'm just doing the training. It's also been different training. So it's like, I can't really compare it to anything. Um, it's kind of like a clean slate in a way, but I've also been training hard for the last three years. So the workouts are super still like elevated and high quality. So, um, yeah, that, that could be a good one to say. <laughs> yeah. Decision fatigue. I feel like it's so real though, where you have to like mm. constantly make decisions for yourself. I mean, I not even from a training perspective, but I just know that from like being self-employed, like all like I never throughout the day, I never have anyone telling me what to do ever. And it is, it sounds amazing, obviously, to people on the outside, but doing it for so many years, I go insane. It drives you insane and it's so stressful mm -hmm. and people don't really like realize that until, I feel like a lot of people started realizing that when they started working from home, like during COVID, where they realized they had way more freedom. And then they're like, wait, I kind of want to go back to the office, like, and just have like a structure or routine. Like it might, it's probably just so nice having someone like tell you exactly what you need to do. And especially someone like, Dathan who you obviously like trust his training and stuff because everyone's doing so well it makes it mm -hmm. a lot easier to not have to think about like what you're doing and if what you're doing is correct or not like second guessing it and it's very it's easy when you're making these decisions and everything's going well yeah it's, it, it's bad then when there's like a hurdle like say like I I had a, a hamstring injury this past outdoors and then there's a lot of like decisions of like oh so we're not going to open up here like let's Let's open up at a different meet. Let me go drive to North Carolina and go get dry needle treatment and then come back. Like there was just a lot of elements. Like, let me go to Europe, come back and then go back to Europe. There's just a lot of decisions that looking back, I'm like, I wish I didn't really have to make them. But I think it becomes more apparent when a situation does arise. And then it's like, oh, now I don't know what to do. And was that the best move? But yeah, like you said, um, now it's been nice just to... Um, not have to make any decisions and like I can trust Dathan fully and I've always had no problem like trusting in my coaches like trusting in coach Fox and his system and of course like it took a year to get developed into a system like the pandemic year it's my first year as a professional and that year was really hard transitioning out of college but then we nailed it that next year and like we really got to like learn each other with coach Fox and found a way to like get me better and um and now I, I have no problem like trusting into Dathan. So I feel like I'm, I'm really coachable and that's what I've been told by my coaches in the past. So um, another strength that that's a good there you thing. Go. That's a, I got a strength. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. So what are, yeah. what have you and Dathan talked about in terms of like your goals for this year? Goals for this year. Um, definitely getting stronger. That's a big one. We want to get stronger just aerobically and more developed. And I did tell him, I, I do want to run a 5k this year. Um, I feel like I didn't really get to run one last year because um, we were so focused on the 15, which I wanted to do because I wanted to go to world indoors and run the 1500. And then we focused on the 15 as well outdoors. But 
I want to, I still want to focus on the 15, but I also want to run a 5k this year, but we're just going to stay healthy, get stronger and like put up results that I'm proud of and um, have a year where like, I can be proud of like the performances I've had, but it's the big goal is getting to Budapest this outdoor season. And of course, like running the diamond leagues. Um, but yeah, I think we're just, we're looking at it. This as like a long-term thing. Um, but I definitely feel like the way things are going right now and if I can stay healthy and keep improving um we can do we can do something special outdoors what are your goals for beyond have you thought I mean it's hard to even know like I don't know a year out even after like outdoor season you have no idea but I guess like in your entire running career what do you have any like giant goals that you want to achieve definitely I mean I want to I want to make the I want to make the next two Olympic teams I want to make world teams world finals contend for medals like I feel like I just I want to be making teams and in contention for medals and also like chasing American records. Like I'd love if we keep pursuing the 1500, like I want to go after the 1500 American record at one point. Like I think um, every runner has like these big goals and things they want. And I definitely think like getting on teams is the way to get there to then run at your highest level. Like I always think like you're going to put your best performance out and your fastest times, like when you're competing and the highest competition are at those races. So um, I want to be at those races and I want to get there. I, yeah, I mean, those are obviously very, very high goals. Um, which, <laughs> I mean, it makes sense because you're a very high achiever in the sport already. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What is your, like, what is your purpose? Like, why what is your why, I guess, with running? Because to reach a level, I mean, that you've already reached and to go above and beyond, like, you know, making teams, record setting performances and stuff. What, what do you think it drives you the most? I think what drives me the most is wanting to see how good I can be. Like you want to see what your body and mind can do and like see the highest level that you can perform. And I'm really excited to be with on and the brand of on and be part of also like the development in these next years and see where on goes with running because this group is so new like you said they they've only been around for a couple of years and what they've accomplished they're ahead of what they thought they were going to be in 2024 like they've already accomplished what they thought they were going to do in 2024 so it's really exciting to be part of that and a team and it's like okay well what's this team going to do in the next five years like I want to be part of that and I want to be making Olympic teams and like winning medals. And I think it's just like, there's a really exciting energy around that. And I'm excited to push myself and see what I can do as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure everyone's excited to watch you. It's been fun to watch you just as like a friend, you know, just to see <laughs> like how much that you've been able to accomplish, especially like after college and stuff. It's just always cool to see people that are like my class seeing what, seeing what they go on to do. I know. Crazy. I remember we were like, messaging when we were just like looking at colleges That's I know so it feels like time about. has gone like that was almost 10 years ago time has gone by so fast it's, it's like concerning I'm like oh my goodness how old are we 
I know exactly. Um, okay, well, I'm gonna we have some listener questions that we can go through before okay. ending the episode. So, what is the best and the worst part about being married to a runner? Wow, <laughs> the best part is that we're on the same schedule, so we get to spend so much time together. Like it's like okay, let's go out for a run. Let's go then to brunch. Like we get to let's go watch a movie in the middle of the day. It's that we're we get to see each other a lot more. Like other couples when they leave from nine to five and then they're meeting for dinner and they're exhausted. Like that's not the vibe that we have. Like we're just like together and doing everything together. But then I guess the hardest part then the hardest part could be when you're racing, you're both racing, and then like one person's having a really like good day and the other person's not like I think the balance of like both competing at the highest level that can get a little bit tricky when maybe like someone is injured and someone's not or it's the like talking about running a lot like maybe you talk a little (laughs) bit we talk too much about like stats like because we're runner nerds but um that that's probably like one of the harder things to manage and then maybe we talk too much about running (laughs) (laughs) but it's really like the quality time is, um, it's pretty incredible to get to have that and then like get to travel the world. Like you get like when like Robbie's with me in Europe and it's like, he's showing me what he did when he ran there five years ago. And like now he always said like, it was so lonely when he did it alone and he was out in Europe and he was in his twenties just alone. And like, he stayed in his room cause there was no one to do things with. And then when I went to Europe, I was like, I was like, oh, let's go take the boat. Let's go do this. And like, let's go explore a little bit. Cause you do have like, when the races are a week apart, of course you have to, you have to, you're training and you're staying off your feet, but there is time to do things. And it's nice to have your partner with you to be able to do that and enjoy those experiences with you. Yeah. Who really understands it. Yeah. Who understands me need to go like take a nap or something in the middle of the day. (laughs) I'm also the worst napper. Um, and Robbie's a big napper, but I don't nap. So, um, I think that's bad of me to him. Like he probably wishes that I nap more because <laughs> I'm like, Oh, so what are we doing today? Like, uh, I'll, like, I'll lay down and watch Netflix, but I won't fall asleep. I'll just binge TV for hours. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Also, I like how you're like, when people, when normal people come back from their nine to five and they're exhausted or whatever, I'm like, normal people would think that you're insane for going and running like 13 miles and then <laughs> saying that you're not exhausted, but that's just being a runner, so it's a different life. I mean, I think working that's working the thing eight too, hours with runners. It's like it's a lifestyle. Yeah, it's like running... you make it a lifestyle, and it's not it doesn't feel like a job. <laughs> yeah, working like I feel like an eight hour day is way more exhausting than any sort of like workout or run that I've done. It's just a different type of exhausting, though. But mm-hmm. two very different things. Yes. Um. Okay. What What's your favorite part of being a pro? My favorite part is definitely traveling and racing, like going to be able to travel, especially going to new places and then being able to race at like the diamond leagues is a great example. Like you're traveling over to Europe and you're racing in front of like a sold out stadium in Europe and um, competing against the best runners in the world. Like being able to compete and travel to new places is really really cool and really special yeah for sure I mean it seems so cool all the places that you're able to go and like yeah you get to go on like a whole Europe tour and it's I mean I don't know doing something that you love to and like competing and representing your country and all of it is really cool that's like why people want to be pro runners I feel like is for that reason Mm -hmm. if the travel aspect is I think a huge one and you just go to places that I feel like not 
normal people don't really go so you just see the different parts of the world mm -hmm. like we were at world indoors we were in serbia like when would i ever have the chance to go to serbia or think that i'm going to be able to get there like it's just um it's really eye-opening and then like you said like wearing usa across your chest and being representing your country like that's it just there's nothing like it <laughs> yeah um, okay. Well, what's your least, do you have a least favorite part of, I guess, running or being a professional runner? The hardest part is probably that it is such a lifestyle thing. It's just constant. Like we're training all year long. It's not like you're just, um, set in a season or like going to work and then it's like leaving your work at home. Like everything you do after training affects what's going to happen later. So it feels like it, um, not that you're making sacrifices, but in a way, like you do have to say no to things because you're looking at the big picture and it's not just like, oh, my task is done. And it's like, I can do whatever I want now till the next day. It's like everything you do matters. So sometimes that can be a little exhausting, but like, that's why it's really cool to having a partner that understands the running because we're on the same page and like, we understand each other on a different level than I feel like other people could. So then we get why we're doing what we're doing yeah I can imagine um I feel like it would be a lot easier to have a partner that's a runner because yeah like you said they just understand exactly uh the sacrifices that you need to make and stuff mm -hmm. also I feel like I don't know being our age running is such a fulfilling aspect of life that a lot of people don't, I don't think really understand unless you are a runner so even like the sacrifices that you do have to make I feel like it's worth it because I don't know. I've Definitely. I've taken a long, long breaks from running or whatever. And I don't really think anything else makes me feel as fulfilled as like chasing my running goals or I don't know, pushing my body to the physical limit, which has been a weird eye-opening experience for me where I'm like, I don't know, running just brings so much fulfillment to my life. So, I mean, yeah, like you have to sacrifice, you know, I don't know, going out and with friends sometimes and it is like a lifestyle, but I feel like ultimately it is really fulfilling. Um, and it's like, yeah, it's what you want to be doing. It's like, I want to be doing this. So it does, it makes those decisions a lot easier than it could be to some other people. Yeah. I think for me, because I've taken such a like long break after college off and I'm, I mean, now just really starting to get back into it. I think I needed the break to show me that I like actually wanted to do it because for so many years, since I was so good, this is, I sound like a narcissist. I've since I was good since like the day I started running it was never really my choice to go out and go for my runs or like go out I don't know I knew that I was going to be running in college from when I was like in middle school like there was no choice that I was Crazy. making to do it so I think I needed the break to show me that the reason why I run you want because, to do it yeah mm -hmm. I want to do it every day mm -hmm. um and it was just weird because I feel like I really did need the time off away from the entire sport of running to realize like how much I do enjoy it but yeah that's just a little and that's the other thing like especially when you don't maybe days on that you're tired and you don't want to go out like I just always remember I'm like I am so lucky that I'm able to like go out and chase my dreams right now and that my body is healthy that like I would do anything to be in this position it's like I, I got asked that on like when on asked me a bunch of questions it was like what when you on days like you don't feel like running I'm like I remember that like this is a privilege to be able to go and chase my dreams every day and that my body can do it and it's like I want that's exactly what I want to be doing and that's what I remember if, like what days that you're exhausted and maybe don't feel like running but that's um luckily it's like 
because it's a lifestyle, it's manageable. Like you make it like, it's not like you're, we're running ourselves into the ground. It's like, you see the long-term approach and it's like, everything's very calculated and there's a system. So I feel like um, that's why it's like you can, pro runners can run for so many years. It's like they make it 10 year careers or longer. <laughs> yeah. It is just very systematic. Like it's, there's a very systematic mm -hmm. approach. And I think that's what a lot of people do wrong at the beginning when they're like just getting into running is that they overload themselves and it just feels so bad. Like there's just like a lot of mistakes that can be made until you like truly know your body and your limits and everything. And you know what works for you and what doesn't. It takes mm -hmm. so many years. Like it's just such a process that takes so many years to like get to know yourself. It's a journey. It's a journey. The whole, the, and you know, there's never an end destination, which makes it that much more time that you can always be better. So, um, okay. The last question I have for you is what, do you have any advice to your younger self? Advice to my younger self. My advice would first, like we've been talking about is like, continue to chase your dreams, no matter the obstacles or the hurdles that you're going through, um, continue to go after what you want, even if you feel like everything's like fighting against you. Cause that's how I did feel a lot in college, especially after such a smooth high school experience and getting there. It's like, it just felt like everything was telling me like to stop and that like, you're not going to be able to get to the pro level because your body is fighting you. But um, deep down, I always believed that like, this is what I wanted to do. And I know I can get there and like to bet on myself, like to bet. I think that would be my advice, like continue to bet on yourself because that's what I've been doing. And I'm, I'm still am today. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why I like watching your journey so much is because like, obviously I knew you in high school and you were really good and stuff. And then you had your challenges in college and you made it out the other side. And I feel like, I don't know, it's not, it's not even giving up. I don't think that's the right word, but a lot of people like end up retiring because I don't know. They just deal with so many hardships, which isn't necessarily a bad thing or whatever. But I think if you have that internal like drive to, you know, want to figure it out and be successful with the sport of running, I feel like you can do that. It just takes a lot of patience. And that's why I admire you. And I like following your journey because I feel yeah. like I've just seen it, you know, over time. And it's just cool to see someone like come out the other side of dealing with hardship and injuries and stuff. So. Thanks, Emma. And I, that, I really appreciate that. And definitely like having a support system around you that also believes in that and what you're doing is so important because I think I almost like lost that spark for a little bit in college. And it was my college coaches and like ta having talks with like my best friends and teammates, like that was like reminding me like of that passion that I had. And it's like, you can do this. It's just like, we need to just keep getting these little steps to get there, but like you can do it. And um, I think that's what's rare about my journey is that like my breakthrough did happen in my fifth year of college. Like that's when I made my first track NCAs and that's not the common journey that most people have. And um, so it's definitely have taken a different approach to how to get there. And that's why also like when you think about the comparison game, there's not one way and one journey to get somewhere. Like you can see so many different comeback stories of different um journeys and it's like there's not one path to get to the level you need to get to there's a lot of different ways and like you got to keep believing in yourself and there is a way to get there yeah especially after being so good in high school coming out and probably having so much pressure on yourself like yeah there's definitely a lot hard. of ways uh ways to get to a level of success that you've reached so okay well where can people follow you uh to say you know on top of your race results 
and your life, where can, where can they find you at? Uh, on Instagram at Josette Norris. I don't, my name is changing to Josette Andrews, but I don't know if I'm going to change the Instagram handle. I think I'll keep it Josette Norris, but then in my bio, change my name. But you can also, now that I'm on Strava, I guess I'll, I'll throw a little Strava right there. Yeah. Follow me on Strava. <laughs> that's gonna be the new plug but everyone's gonna strava yeah. yeah everyone's gonna start plugging their strava at the end i think you I'll might be the first strava after my meals yeah you might I'll be the first strava uh, plug oh this is new yeah see there we go i'll just now i'll just start asking my 300 followers <laughs> instead of instagram i'm just gonna ask so what's your strava what's your strava you know do it they'll be like wait what yeah exactly some people don't even know what strava is so this podcast will make it i'm, ver- you know, I'm very out. new to it so yeah i'm, tr- I'm trying my best <laughs> <laughs> um okay well thank you so much for for chatting i'm excited to watch uh how you do this year and stuff wait when's your first race this saturday <gasps> oh where dr dr sanders oh. uh in new york city yeah so racing dr sanders and then um we'll come back two weeks later and run milrose and that that will be the indoor season okay nice well armory yep do you like the armory armory. it's 15 minutes from my hometown so it's like it feels like it's like my hometown track if that makes sense um like we had counties there in high school which is so crazy to think about so i like the army yeah it's not it feels like home (laughs) yeah that's good not foreign territory so no yeah (laughs) cool well good luck um to close out the episode can we get a good old peace out fellas oh yeah (laughs) peace out fellas Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of Commas Over Cold Brew. I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps me out so much, and I love reading your guys' reviews, and it means the world, honestly. It's the only feedback I get for this podcast, pretty much, so I love just seeing what you guys think of it. Follow us on Instagram at Commas Over Cold Brew Pod if you want to be up to date on the latest episodes and submit listener questions, and I will catch you all next week. Peace out, fellas. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.